0: This is John Michael's Stream of Consciousness. Hey, what's up? It's time for another Stream of Conscious podcast. It's John Michaels from the front row. Having a great time every morning with Brian Finner and Dan Matthews, Sean Nerney, and Big John Radcliffe. Appreciate you guys downloading this here at the Podcast Park or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot to get into today. The NCAA Tournament continuing an awful miss call in the women's game. The NFL announcing a 17-game schedule. We found 40 grand. What the heck are we doing with it? Howard Schnellenberger passing away. And my top five bold predictions for your Atlanta Braves. That's all to come right now on the Stream of Cautious Podcast.
1: You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.
0: John Michaels tends to say whatever comes to mind, so we just put a mic in front of him.
1: All you do is talk, 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 talk,
0: talk, 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 talk. This is John Michael's Stream of Consciousness, the podcast that gets into, well, just about everything. Feeling stupid? I know I am. From 680 The Fan and the thepodcastpark.com.
1: It's showtime, and I don't mean a bad impression of HBO. I mean time for a show.
0: Don't know about you guys, but I have had a very entertaining couple of weekends watching the NCAA tournament. Now, don't get me wrong. Before the, this thing got underway, I did not know a whole hell of a lot about many of these teams i think like many of you college basketball has continued to get pushed to the wayside and pushed to the back burner as far as you know being in our sports lexicon of things that we watch nfl and college football really immerses us from september probably until february when the nfl season comes to an end and usually at that point you sit and look and you go all right What the heck can I do now to take my time? And normally when football season's over, I know if you're a married guy like I am, the wife has things for you to do. Suddenly you got to clean the gutters, you got to paint the house, you got to dust the baseboards, whatever it may be that's on the man list deal that you got to deal with And college basketball just doesn't seem to be one of them. That's something that, you know, it needs to change. I remember my days growing up as a kid, college hoops was everything. Big Monday on ESPN was the bee's knees. And I sound like an old man when I say the bee's knees, but it really was. You think about it, it would be the Big East game at 7 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, they had the Big 8 game. And this is back when you had Billy Tubbs and Kansas with Danny and the Miracles and, and, you know, all the great teams that they had in the Big 8. And then at night, it was UNLV with Jerry Tarkanian. It was Loyola Marymount with Paul Westhead. Uh, or Paul, yeah, it was, Paul, was it Paul West. I think it was Paul Westhead. I don't remember if it was Paul Westfall or Paul Westhead. Don't remember my memory goes bad, but they ran that super fun up-tempo offense with Bo Kimballs and the late great Hank Gathers. And for me personally, I'd watch six hours of college basketball. I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, they had Big Ten and SEC action, and you tune in and watch those games as well. Somewhere along the line, though, we just don't watch college hoops the way that we once did. And it becomes very frustrating for me, somebody who is a sports lover, that a game that I once completely fell in love with, I don't care about quite as much anymore. The NCAA tournament is obviously the time where all of that changes. It's a time where you sit down and you go from 64 down to one and you crown a national champion. Actually, you go from 68 down to one and you crown a national champion and everybody in your office has a bracket and that's what makes it great. What also makes it great is a time like this year that you get to see an Oral Roberts. You get to see an Oregon State. You get to see, you know, you name North Texas. You name some of these other upset teams. And we fall in love with the storylines behind these teams. Let's be honest. None of us are watching a game of Loyola Chicago until it gets to the NCAA tournament. Unless you're an alum of Loyola Chicago. Hardly any of us, none of us could probably name where Oral Roberts University actually was before the NCAA tournament got underway, and it became a great game. I know for myself over the weekend, and I had watched Gonzaga a few times this year because they were the number one team in the country, watching the basketball beauty that is the Gonzaga Bulldogs is nothing short of spectacular. So here we are getting down to the end of this thing. We've got, as of today, when I put this out, there are still, I guess there would be six teams left or eight teams left. We're going to get down to four tonight, whatever the math may be. I was told in sports radio I'd never have to do math. But we'll get down to those final four. And to me, it becomes a very philosophical question. If, and I'm, I'm saying if, and again, this is done before the final Elite Eight games. If Gonzaga and Michigan win tonight, it would be Gonzaga, Michigan, Houston, and Baylor in your final four. Three number one seeds and a number two seed, Houston being the one, two, that advances into the tournament. You will have had a combined one national championship between them, and it was Glenn Rice, Ramil Robinson... I want to say Steve Fisher is the head coach in Michigan all the way back in 1989. Houston had some great teams in the 80s with Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. Baylor hadn't been to the Final Four since 1950, and Gonzaga's been knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. They get to the championship game in 2017. Mark Fuse had a machine. In the Pacific Northwest, the only thing missing is a national championship. And it's crazy that we have a team right now potentially that could reach the Final Four as an undefeated ball club, and let's be real, nobody gives a damn nobody talks about it you know why because the name on the front of the jersey says zags and it doesn't say north carolina it doesn't say duke it doesn't say indiana and it doesn't say kentucky if any of those teams were undefeated right now getting ready to play in the final four or at least the elite eight every single outlet would be talking about this at length if you've watched gonzaga They are everything is advertised. They are one of the most unselfish basketball teams I have ever seen in my life. They literally get after it. They play great team defense, and they'll pass up a good shot for a great shot. Watch the way they move the basketball. If they do make it into the Final Four, it's nothing short of beautiful. But the philosophical question I have for this is, is this type of Final Four good for basketball? There's no real name brand school Outside of Gonzaga, let's be honest, we all know who the Zags are, but for many people, they still look at them as, oh, they're the sweet little Cinderella. No, they're the national power that just hasn't kicked in the door and won a national championship. Nobody cares about Houston basketball outside of Houston. I'm not going to lie to you. Nobody really cares about Baylor basketball. And I'll give Scott Drew credit. What he's done to build them into a national power after the crap that Dave Bliss left that program, Nothing short of amazing. And the same thing, Michigan, a national brand name, went to a Final Four a couple of years ago, lost a national championship game actually right here in Atlanta to Louisville back in 2013. Jawan Howard took over for John Beeline and has really never missed a beat. But it's not your traditional Final Four. There's no Duke to hate. There's no North Carolina to hate. There's no Kentucky to hate. There's no Indiana. And Indiana hadn't been good in a while. There's no Indiana to hate. I don't know if this is good or bad for the game. I will say this, though. It's something that college football is sorely missing. I like it. Me personally, I think it's good for basketball. I think it's good that you are seeing non-traditional teams competing for national championships. I don't know about you. I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing the same really three teams in the playoffs, four teams, maybe six teams in the playoffs every year. It's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's Ohio State, it's Oklahoma, it might be Notre Dame. Throw Georgia, throw LSU in as sort of the outlying wild cards. You had a Washington once, you had a Florida State a couple of years in Oregon. That's it. You're not one of those programs. Let's be real. We can have all the hope and all the love and all of everything that we look at right now in the spring. And it's not coming to fruition in the fall. College football, and we're going to talk about this on the front row, needs to take a deep, hard look at themselves. A deep, hard look at at themselves and figure out how you can make this and get it back to where everybody maybe not everybody that where 30 teams have a chance to win a national title You would have told Michigan, who was picked to finish seventh in their conference this year, they'd be in the Final Four, people would have looked at you like you had three eyes. Gonzaga, yes. Baylor, yes. Did anybody have Houston? Hell, did anybody have Houston in their Final Four at the beginning of this tournament? Which, by the way, the Cougars, first team in NCAA tournament history, and you want to talk about a fortuitous run, first team in NCAA tournament history to make it to the Final Four, only beating double-digit seeds. How about that for a second? They only had to beat double-digit seeds to get where they're at. Call it what you want, call it luck, call it anything. Here they are in a Final Four for the first time since 1984. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, what a god-awful call at the end of the Baylor-UConn women's game. And I know we don't spend much, if any, time. As a matter of fact, this next minute will be the longest I spend talking about women's college basketball between now and probably next March. End of the game, great, fantastic game. Baylor down one, one of their best players shooting a jump shot gets absolutely obliterated. Uh, the, the UConn defender does not go straight up. The law of verticality is not there. Leans in, elbow to the face, call not made. It's a one-point game. Baylor would have been on the foul line with an opportunity to take the lead. UConn ultimately doesn't get called for the foul. Gets the ball, hits two free throws, wins and moves on. Gino Ariama's daughter, I believe it was his daughter, tweeted after the game, that was a foul. I don't know about you guys, but if that's my daughter, you're deleting that crap immediately off your social media. Uh, For me, you want to talk about, uh, you know, lack of awareness. If you're an official, I don't want you deciding the game at the end on a close call. I don't want you injecting your, you know, basically your personality into the end of a game. But a call like that, that's an absolute no-brainer, that somebody in Section 783 could have seen was a foul, you got to blow the whistle and call it a foul. When we come back, we'll dive into what's going on in the NFL with a 17-game schedule and my top five bold predictions for your Atlanta Braves. That's coming up next on the Stream of Conscious podcast.
1: What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan, FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.
0: So the NFL has voted, and they do now are going to go to a 17-game schedule in the National Football League, and uh, probably not a surprise to many people that this was going to happen. Uh, I'll put it out here now in March of 2021. The 18-game schedule's not too far in the distant future. As the NFL realizes nobody gives a crap about preseason football outside of the fringe players trying to make an NFL roster. Nobody has any interest in games one, two, or four of the preseason. Game three, sort of the dress rehearsal where you'll see a Matt Ryan where you'll see, you know, uh, Julio Jones maybe dress for ten to fifteen plays, and that's it. Nobody cares. So they want to find different ways to make more money, and more money becomes the 17-game regular season schedule. I like the idea behind it, although when you start to look forward with NFL records, everything now has to be recalibrated. Everything now has to change. Uh, you know, as far as single season records and everything else, how many more guys now like 4,000 yards already had been watered down a little bit anyway. It had already been watered down to the point where you saw way too many people throwing for 4,000 yards. Now, all of a sudden, 5,000 yards doesn't become as unattainable. Matt Ryan's been really close, thrown for 4,900 yards a couple of times. He's going to hit 5,000 yards most likely one of these years. 2,000 rushing yards in the National Football League suddenly doesn't change. Suddenly, uh, Calvin Johnson's 1,900 and change as far as single-season receiving yardage, that's going to go by the wayside. And much like when baseball switched from 154 to 162, we're going to have to recalibrate what we think about the 17-game regular season. What I do like is every other year, As a home season ticket holder, you're going to get an extra regular season game. In those off years, you're going to get two preseason games that you can't give away the ticket. But think about every other year if you're a Falcon season ticket holder. Every other year as a Falcon season ticket holder, you're going to have that chance to get a ninth regular season game. So when you pay that full price for 10 games and you get that package, you're only going to have one grab ass preseason game and you're going to get nine regular season football games. Second part to that uh, is the way that they've set this up schedule wise. It's going to rotate or I say the nine, this year for the Falcons, it'll be eight regular season games. But your crossover game is a last place game against a team with a new coach. So it should come down as pretty fun. So when you do that and it comes down as pretty fun, you're going to get a chance to play against Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This should be a winnable game. What's funny, though, is there'll be no more 500 teams in the National Football League. You can go 7 and 10, you can go 8 and 9. The numbers are going to sound very, very weird at the end of the year, and you might get in the playoffs as an 8 and 9 team. Atlanta needs to take advantage. I know we were salary cap strapped. I know we we have the fourth pick, and we're probably going to have our choice of everybody not name the top three quarterbacks coming up there. You're going to have all of these different scenarios play out the playoffs still has to be the goal. Playoff still has to be the reason that the Falcons have put this new thing together with Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. I know the players are not huge fans, and Alvin Kamara sounded off about the 17-game schedule. As a fan, more football to me is fine. They want to play 30 games. I'm cool with it. Now, I kid because I know a lot of former players, and they have a lot of trouble moving around, and they deal with the, you know, the physical beating that is the NFL. Going to get an extra bye week. Super Bowl is going to be now more towards mid-February. And to go back to the original part of this, college basketball is going to suffer even more. Because think about now if you don't have a Super Bowl until mid-February and then two weeks later you're in the conference tournaments, People aren't going to know a damn thing about college basketball. We had a sad moment earlier on this week uh, with somebody that I was uh, very, very fond of. And that's Howard Schnellenberger passing away over the weekend Former University of Miami, former University of Louisville, former FAU head coach, coached under Bear Bryant, coached under Don Shula. The lineage for Howard Schnellenberger is unbelievable. I had a chance, and I'm actually going to put up bonus content here, an old interview I did about 10 years ago on Radio Row with Howard Schnellenberger. And it's funny, Domino and I were working together at a now-defunct radio station, 790 The Zone, which is gone. It's Radio Korea right now as I think, what it actually is on that dial. They were gone, but we were doing Radio Row. This was the year the Falcons lost in the NFC Championship, and it happened to be my first live Radio Row. Get a chance to go to New Orleans. We're super disappointed because we think we're going down there to be in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, we know we blew a 17-0 lead in the old Georgia Dome. Lose late to San Francisco on a questionable call. I think 28-24 was the final. Whatever it is, I try to wipe that game from my memory. But anyway, I'd never been to Radio Row so I had heard stories that, man, there's going to be all these great guests, but, you know, you you don't believe stuff until you see it. And at the time, I was doing the night show, good old football night in Atlanta. I had two hours to myself from 6 to 8 or 7 to 9 every night. But because we were on Radio Row and by 7 o'clock at night nobody's there – I went in and was doing middays as well. I think Wes and Tony were off on very, you know, they were on sabbatical or whatever they were doing, or I was filling in with them, getting an opportunity to replay a lot of the good interviews. So what I would do is from 10 to 1, and it may have been Hans Heiser and I, we're doing 10 to 1. We'd get all these interviews that are walking around radio row, and then I'd repurpose them for the night show. So anyway, Howard Schnellenberger comes by. His handler. Because at the time, Howard Schnellenberger is probably 76 years old. He's an older guy. People at Radio Row are waiting to talk to Kay Adams. They're waiting to talk to Cherry Rice. They're waiting to talk to Dan Marino. They're waiting to talk to all of these different superstars. Matt Ryan, uh, Alyssa Milano, you know, Mike Tyson. Those are people walking around Radio Row. So somebody like Howard Schnellenberger was not getting a lot of love. We happen to be maybe sitting at commercial break and the handle for the handler for Howard Schnellenberger walks by and goes, "Hey, does anybody want, want to talk to Coach Schnellenberger?" My eyes immediately are like flying saucers. Of course, I want to talk to the great Howard Schnellenberger. He sits down. We do a good ten to twelve minute interview, and again, I'll post that later this week. Bonus content of talking to Howard Schnellenberger years and years ago. If you're not a Miami fan or if you're not a college football historian, the stories maybe get lost a little bit. But for me, somebody who grew up as a kid during the heyday of Miami's rise to college football prominence, getting a chance to sit down and talk to what we considered the godfather of college football in Miami was an absolute thrill. So I do 10 to 12 minutes with Howard. You know, the standard radio interview, we ask him a lot about his past and being under Coach Bryant and Don Shula and all these different people. We go to commercial, And I'm pretty sure we had already our interview recorded that we were going to sit and play. We sit down to play the interview, and the handler for Howard Schnellenberger goes, hey, coach has about 15 to 20 minutes before he has to go to his next station. Is it okay if I leave him here? Because we had some open seating. Domino was doing mornings at the time. And Domino, with one of the classic one-liners of all time, literally looks – And tells the handler, he goes, I think the old man will be ready to leave after 20 minutes. He'll be in good hands with our youngster right here. And I was a relative youngster at the time. I was probably like 33, 34 in the radio business. So I got a chance to sit and talk off the air to Howard Schnellenberger for 20 minutes. And again, as a fan, and I know uh, it doesn't always resonate me being a fan and growing up down there and still being a fan of that school with everybody in Atlanta, but you can understand that. Imagine being a Georgia fan and you get 20 minutes unfiltered with Vince Dooley or, you know, being a Braves fan and you get 20 minutes unfiltered with Chipper Jones or being a Hawks fan and you get 20 minutes unfiltered with Dominique Wilkins. This is how I am. I'm sitting there as a kid in a candy store, and it wasn't just talking about old football. It's just talking about life. And Howard Schnellenberger giving me advice on life and everything else. He is one of the great ambassadors of this game. And I'll say this, for the College Football Hall of Fame right here in Atlanta, shame on you. He should have been in the College Football Hall of Fame. I know his record doesn't necessarily scream Hall of Famer, but he built Miami into a national power. The University of Miami does not exist today without Howard Schnellenberger. They don't have five national championships today without Howard Schnellenberger. Louisville is not in the ACC Without Howard Schnellenberger, because he elevated that program in the early 90s back to respectability, actually blew out Alabama in a Fiesta Bowl, I think, in 1991. may have been Browning Nagel is the quarterback at Louisville, and Florida Atlantic University doesn't exist. Period. He fundraised $13 million to help fund a program. And, again, I know people go, ah, who cares? It's Florida Atlantic. Same thing. Kennesaw State, Georgia State, they probably don't exist if there's not somebody along the lines of Howard Schnellenberger that saw a vision that they could be college football programs. So rest in peace to the great Howard Schnellenberger. If you haven't had a chance to read anything about him, I suggest you go down and you read about Howard Schnellenberger. We had fun on the show all week long. Finn brought up a story that somebody found $40,000 wrapped up in a sweater at a Goodwill. And I will say this, listeners to 680 The Fan and a lot of listeners to the podcast here, you guys are more honest than I am. I'm not going to lie to you. If I find forty k wrapped up in a sweater, that sweater is going underneath my own T-shirt, stuffed in my pants, and I am taking that forty grand and hightailing it the hell out of there. I have done community service at Goodwill years and years and years ago on a volunteer basis, went in there for a weekend and helped them uh, do some stuff. Uh, let's just say community service at Goodwill. It's not easy work. Unloading their trucks is not easy work because people have no concern. Typically, it's, hey, I'm donating whatever and I just toss it in there, whether it's in a trash bag, a box, or whatever it may be. If you've lost $40,000 you usually have forty thousand dollars to lose. Like I if I lose forty bucks, I feel really bad. I always love to find that I, I like to call it the summer bonus or the, the winter bonus where you, you pull out your jacket from a year ago and it's the first time you've used it in a year and maybe you find like a twenty that you've lost in there at some point. Those are awesome moments. Can you imagine finding forty grand? So apparently this guy found the forty grand. He turned the forty grand in and they gave him a thousand dollar reward. Now, did they contact the owners? I have not figured that out in the story. And would the owners show up and say, hey, I just misplaced my 40K cash. I thought it was wrapped up in my other sweater. I, for one, I'm keeping the cash. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers, whatever it may be, that's $40,000 in cash. I could tell you now, I would take a nice week-long vacation and go to one of the islands and have a really, really good time. Just a fascinating story to say the least. I put together today, the final story we'll get to here on the podcast, I put together today my top five bold predictions for the Atlanta Braves in 2021. So I'll start and work my way backwards from five to one. Number five, I said the Braves will have five All-Stars at Truist Park in the All-Star game coming up in July. Ronald Acuna, no-brainer. Freddie Freeman, probably no-brainer. Max Fried, most likely no-brainer. Those are my three no-brainers that make it. The other two guys I have making it, Austin Riley and Will Smith, the the closer for the Braves. Austin Riley, to me, coming up to bold prediction number four, will hit 30-plus home runs this year. The pop is there. We've heard from K-Mac and Ben Ingram and everybody else about how he has shortened the swing, he's cutting down on the strikeouts, he's making more contact. I think now the confidence for Austin Riley simply is he walks into the regular season, He is your starting third baseman, and he will be from day one, hopefully until October. I think he has a monster year. 250-ish, hits 30-plus home runs. He makes an all-star game. And then I think Will Smith getting every opportunity to be the closer. He had 34 saves a couple of years ago. It leads me to bold prediction number three, which was kind of rebuked today by a bunch of people. I think Will Smith saves 40-plus games. I think the Braves are going to be a fantastic baseball team. They're going to have every chance to win a lot of baseball games, 90-plus. Will Smith gives you 40-plus saves. Number two for me. I don't think the Braves win the division. And you stop and you go, wait, 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 wait. You say five all-stars. You say 30 home runs from Austin Riley. You say 40 saves from Will Smith. I think they're like a 93-win team, and somebody knocks them off right at the end. I saw a simulation today, uh, MLB 2021 simulation simply said uh, Braves don't make the playoffs. They win 83 or 84 games. I think that's nonsense. I think they win 92 or 93. Somebody clips them by a game or two, and the Braves have to go the wild card route. But that leads me to bold prediction, number one. They don't win the division, but they win the World Series. That's actually bold prediction, number two. And number one, Ronald Acuna is the National League MVP. I think Ronald scuffled a little bit at times last year. I think there's some moments where he's a little bit streaky. I can see 40 home runs. I can easily see 40 stolen bases. Ronald Acuna will win your NL MVP. So that's your five bold predictions. Five all-stars, number five. Austin Riley hits 30 home runs or more, number four. Will Smith, 40-plus saves. That's number three. Number two, the Braves don't win the division, but they do win the World Series. And then number one, Ronald Acuna wins the MVP. I don't know if you find forty thousand dollars and you want to turn it into me, I'll take it to police for you. Just saying. Hit me up at John Michaels. You on social media. Follow us at Six Eighty The Fan. Appreciate you guys listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Download the podcast. Take us on the go. Make sure you tap that Six Eighty The Fan app. Until tomorrow. See. you. Well, what are you waiting for? Somebody to kiss you goodbye? Well, no, no, no. I guess not. Hey, if you haven't already, subscribe to the show and get John's musings on everything from sports to entertainment every week. And check out all our fan podcasts at
1: thepodcastpark.com. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team, build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way... If you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com.